What's up, guys? It is the Four Peas in a Podcast presented by the Outdoor Holics. I am Barrett Corselman. I'm Tucker Harris. I'm Hart Stroll. I'm Ricky Schwartz. And we are thrilled to be bringing y'all episode one of the Four Peas in a Pod podcast. Um, you know, most of y'all, you know, around our general area know who we are, but we're hoping to uh, broaden the horizon here. Um, I think back in, I want to say around, well, in 2020, obviously, we had a lot of crazy shit happening. Um, <laughs> We actually were able to travel quite a bit. I know me and Tucker went a little all over the map. He obviously hunted a lot, but when it comes to golf, we traveled a lot, um, different courses, had a, you know an amazing experience. And I think that's kind of what led into us wanting to have a podcast to discuss kind of the things that we've experienced. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think back in September when we were in Scottsdale for my bachelor party, I think that's kind of when the idea really happened of like, Let's fucking do a podcast. Kind of uh, yeah. We were like, we had the idea at that time. We were like, no, there's no way we can do it. Uh, I think it was maybe just a little bit of nervousness. And I think maybe November happened. Then we were like, no, we're freaking doing it. Kind of pushed it off. Didn't really get the equipment. Didn't uh, didn't really commit. And then obviously uh, this being our first one, we did finally make that commitment to you know bring the podcast to, to life. We have a full social media now. And we're really looking forward to connecting the outdoors and activities that we do with everyday people, everyday lives, and just showing them, you know, what we do on a daily basis, you know, what we do year round. Um, so I'm thrilled to, you know, to present this to everybody. I know I think everyone else is, you know, here is ready. Um, I think everyone also has their own story on maybe why they wanted to do it, different experiences. Each one has, I think each of us have our own niche um, to what we really enjoy. So I think that's going to be uh, something that all of our listeners are really going to like to hear. Okay. Anyways, yep. So, all right, I guess let's start with introductions. Let's get to know everyone. All right. Let's we'll see. Uh, Ricky. Okay. All right. My man from the border. Brownsville. Yep. South yep. Texas, as far south as you can go. <laughs> it, uh... I've, only been, I've only been there once and that was uh, to fuel up on the jet. Yeah, no, I mean, you can, <laughs> you, you can stand in America and pretty much piss into Mexico. It, it's right it's right there. Um, so what's it like being the only white guy in town? You, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I remember growing up when I was in elementary school thinking, you know, I, I got, I don't know, blue, green, something like that. I got blue or green eyes, and everybody else around me had brown eyes. And so when I was in elementary school, I used to think that, they saw things different than I did. <laughs> they picked up on color, like different. Did you, did you think you were colorblind then? I didn't think I was colorblind. I just thought that, like. Did you think you were the weird one? Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Well, no, no, not many people were like me. You know, they were like. No, no one's were, like you. There were a few people with colored eyes and a couple white. There were. Oh golly, probably four or five white kids that I had, you know, become friends with. And oh, great. It, so you're segregating already at, at I, well, six years old. It, it, it just so happened it worked out that way, okay? And, uh, yeah, I just thought that the way that our eyes were different, that we saw color different, too. Like, Elaborate you know, on that. Hold on. So the way you see green, they, they see blue? See, I thought it was a different color green. Like, it was a darker green. Because <laughs> their eyes were darker. Because they were darker, you know? I didn't know any better. I was, they just saw know? shit darker. Yeah, I was like, their eyes are brown. They got to see it a little bit darker. You know, just naturally, that was elementary me. And then I learned over time that obviously I was wrong. 
<laughs> what age did you learn that? Please tell me it was early on. Uh, I think I like truly started to understand it at like 12, 10, 10, 10, 10 to 12, you know? But were you, were, what, were you in the AP classes or were you in the level? See, I was in AP when it was easy, like elementary and middle school. And then once we got to high school, it was... It was a quick transition out of those? Yeah. Well, this ain't for me, huh? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Like, I just need to pass and get on with my day kind of thing. So, obviously, people know you. I mean, you're technically a pro right now in the golf world. Um, yeah, that, like, that'll be yeah. ending shortly, I think, right? Or something like that? Very, very, you're very not, You're not actually doing that for your career. Correct. Uh, so, in Brownsville, did you hunt a lot, though? Or was that, like, something to do there? Or mm. was it mainly, like, your niche was golf once you get older? It was more so fishing, okay. really. Um, I mean, there was a lot of dove hunting going on. It, it's a good place to dove hunt down there. But it, it was a lot of saltwater fishing and then, like, Rasaka fishing. I don't know if y'all know what a Rasaka is. No, or no heard of not, it. not familiar with that. So, like, in Brownsville or... I don't know if it's just a Brownsville thing, come to think of it, but it's like a little small pond, basically. It's called a Rasaka, or this area that runs through a neighborhood. I didn't really know the specifications like of it. Like a canal or bayou? Kind of, yeah. It, it's a little different. Water's a little dirtier. Um, it, it really ain't pretty. But, yeah, that was all the fresh water we did. And there's, you know, a little bit of largemouth in there, mostly catfish. And then everybody and their mother does saltwater fishing. Right well done there, but Padre. Oh, yeah. trout fishing's amazing. About thirty minutes, yeah. Yeah, so that that's definitely cool. Uh, so with your background being fishing, I think when did uh, when the golf come about? Uh, that was late in my sophomore year of high school, I think. Or it was the summer of my freshman year, going into sophomore year when I picked it up. It was around July. Had this buddy who was like, hey, just come to the golf course with me, blah, blah, blah. I was like, man, I don't want to play golf, you know? Like, I, I just, I don't want to do that. I want to play basketball, you know, football, baseball, you know, normal sports. And that was what was in my head. Not that pussy-ass golf shit. Exactly, yeah. I was like, that Fucking ain't... old man and a little fedora hat or whatever the fuck. Yeah. So you coming into golf, for me, obviously, I'm the worst player here. Um, I'll talk about yourself like that. <laughs> Did it come naturally, or were you like, were you awful too at the beginning, or how was oh, it? Oh, I was awful too at the beginning. I looked like a baseball player, but I won much of one, so it didn't, it didn't Did quite it well. Yeah. yeah, you know. So um, no, I just once I started, I kind of just went into like YouTube and whatever the heck I could find to kind of try and learn the game and. That's what I did. Like, my dad played baseball, so he didn't know a whole hell of a lot about golf and how to play golf. So I just kind of figured it out by just Probably like, God it. damn it, didn't realize I raised a pussy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, guys, if you don't know, Ricky, I uh, hope his parents are okay with this, but he does have some uh, some older parents. I do. No, I definitely do. Uh, my, <laughs> my dad's 73 and my mom is 66. She's gonna get mad at me if it's sixty five, but I can't. I can't <laughs> She's gonna get mad at you. For I hope your mother doesn't yeah, yeah. listen to this. Yeah, I hope she doesn't. Don't send it to her. Well, she'll she'll find it. Sure. What's a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I think that's really cool. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Brownsville's a long ass ways away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you know maybe talk a little bit about how you came to this area. 
and then also kind of why we're all friends now, kind of your perspective of how this all happened. Yeah, I didn't even, yeah, we didn't even meet Ricky till freshman year. Or yeah, so we don't know you at all when you were right. younger. Never met you. I only mm-hmm. met you because of Tucker. So right. maybe kind of get your perspective on why you made the transition to go a long ways away, and then how all this you know came about now. Yeah, well, I was at uh, golf practice in high school, and uh, I'd stayed late. I was just like putting and chipping around, kind of just messing around. And this guy that worked at the the course that our high school played at, his name was Sergio, and he was the first one that ever like introduced me to the PGA program at Sam Houston. And so I was just like, you know what? That that sounds kind of cool. You know, not really understanding what really went into it. I uh, <laughs> I went ahead and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this thing. And so I went to Sam Houston and met Tucker in my freshman. I thought, I thought Ricky was an asshole for the first semester. Oh, he yeah. has the resting bitch face. Oh, he just walked like, in there. He walked in there with... And, and first off, Ricky was that guy that wore jeans and flip flops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To the to the bar too. Yeah, maybe Crocs. Yeah, maybe he steps it up to Crocs. Uh, no, yeah, Crocs. Crocs. Can't Crocs. Got to level up. But, you know? yeah, hey, first semester, it was jeans and flip flops. I was like, ooh, I don't know about this guy. Yeah. The jeans and flip flops. Like, and then and then the sunglasses. I'm like, ah, he's got coasters on at least. That's good. Yeah. But he just sit there and just mean mug the teacher the whole time. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, this kid is like. Deathly scary, like I'm actually like afraid of him, or like he's just mad. At like he might have killed somebody before. Yeah, like he might, like he, like he might. Be like, hey, bud, you okay? Then he just shanks you. That's kind of like the, the, the yeah. vibe you got, you know. And you just walk out of there mad. And I was like, ooh, he's scary. Looks like it. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, you do definitely have a uh, let's say back then a resting bitch face. I still do. Yeah, I agree. No, I do. I can't help it. <laughs> I mean, I. I'm not as mad as I look, I promise, but um, I definitely look like I'm mad at the world. Then me and Ricky went to uh, went to go intern, because I was in PGM too, actually, so mm-hmm. for a little bit. That lasted a really long time. College in general yeah. lasted a long time for Tucker. Yeah, Almost three years. College, but then the end. Like, next, the, f- the first year I was... It was like two and a half. The first year I was... <laughs> yeah. Kind of like almost Don't three months. Don't better. Yeah. Yeah, okay, fine. But yeah, the first semester was, uh, I tried. And then after that, I was like, you know, one class. No, the first year of college, I thought that I was going to be the one to drop out. Tucker was taking it serious, and I sucked. Just kind of flip-flopped. Yeah, I think you had other extracurricular activities that you were enjoying more. Yeah, drinking. Yeah. <laughs> and I did that, too. Yeah, but I mean, it's a balance. You know? <laughs> yeah, there needs to be a balance, probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so me and Ricky had to go intern at Whispering Pines, which is just horrible. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> at the time, it was great. At the time, it was great. Yeah, it was great. I mean, we were making seven twenty-five an hour, but you know, we had fun. Yeah, we did have fun. A lot of fun, except for when we had to be with. Sorry, Jesse, if you ever hear this, but we had to work with Jesse freshman year, and that was bad. That was yeah. a handful. If anybody knows Jesse, he can be a lot of fun. Um, but there's sometimes where you're just like, I need to punch you in the face. Like at 5 a.m.? I need to, I need you to go to sleep. No, like there's no in-between. He, he He's the kind of guy that goes to sleep like he's jacked up on Adderall, and then he wakes up, and, you know, usually when you wake up, you're a little tired, you know, you're you're kind of getting your, your shit together, getting your life together, getting ready to go. No, Jesse is full sinned. He It's like he hops out of the bed, does jumping jacks, start running around the room and everything. Like, he's just one of those personalities. Yeah. I mean, I guess that can be good when you're on vacation. But, uh, 
vacation, you know. <laughs> <laughs> or never, I mean, honestly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that gives you a little sum up of Ricky. Uh, you're obviously going to you know, learn a little bit more about Ricky um, and all of us as hosts coming, coming soon. Uh, we don't want to spoil too much right away. Um, but, again, that's Ricky. Hunter, uh, you're an interesting guy. You know, Hunter, uh, thanks. I don't don't take that lightly. He yeah, fucking retarded. <laughs> no, yeah. I think coming. I mean, for me, I knew Hunter when I was like in seventh grade. Yeah, I mean, we were like we were friends because we played on the same sports teams. Yeah, but, but we never hung out. We didn't like, hang never out. Never outside. No, I, I was intimidated by Barry. We thought I don't Barry know was why. an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, junior, he was the best Harris. at every sport, so that's probably why I didn't like it. But <laughs> and he kind of walked around like his cock was like fucking hanging between his knees, just like swinging around. Yeah, I was about to say it's because Barrett was probably the best baseball player there. There wasn't even baseball. So we didn't have time. junior. Yeah, I was playing he was the best basketball. I was bouncing my belly around playing basketball, point guard, baby. Uh, <laughs> then I would go down to the power. This is five eight two fifty Barrett, point guard. <laughs> no, but I mean, I think I met you in like seventh grade. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't That's think That's when was fat too. Yeah. But I mean, we never hung out. Uh, no, I don't think that, that there was only, I think one time we hung out outside of it. I think it was like our little like uh, football party or something. Oh yeah. At your parents' house. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. I think that was like never hung out. So honestly, I don't know about how, how the, you know, we call him uh, Helen Keller here, but uh, I don't really know how that story came about. I just know that that was your nickname. Soon as we also because you were friends. smart and you left and went to Huntsville and we stayed in the fucking cult. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that, that that's definitely part of it. But I think I'm mean, gonna you know let's let someone that has the actual inside scoop on why that name came about. Actually, the one who you know gave him the nickname kind of give us a little bit, a bit of the insight. Well, gave it to him because he's fucking blind and deaf and dumb. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Hey, I graduated no, I'm college. That's my only comeback. And like the actual, the actual Helen Keller graduated college too. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think <laughs> well, she went to a much more like, prestigious school than you did, but probably she and probably had a lot of tutors, you know, to read and write and think for. <laughs> <laughs> that's so messed up. How does it think about that? How does that like? How does it work? Like, if you can't see, you can't hear, and you can't talk, like, how, like how do you communicate? How do you communicate? Like, you can't even. Know the sign language shit to do because uh, we're not going to get into the conspiracy theories right this early. Oh, oh yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ! Okay. Just, what but, does bones I don't on think. the door mean? You know, braille. That do they touch? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, no. But speaking of like being blind, that stuff's uh, cool, man. my buddy Caleb, he's in Katie right now. Uh, he was driving around the other day and he saw some blind. Like you could clearly tell because they were like all over the sidewalk. They had, a, they had a dog, like, helping them in a stick, and he said he was literally driving, and the blind person almost got ran over, because, like, it almost fell on, like, the road, but the dog, I guess, is so smart that, like, kind of, like, pulled her back over. Okay, spe- speaking as a person in the blind community, don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't ever refer to a blind person as an it again. <laughs> did I do that? Yeah, you did. Okay, I <laughs> almost died. <laughs> I, I, well, I don't know if it was a girl or a guy. Oh, so. okay. I, I understand. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, well, I, we don't want to oh, assume. Oh, so now I didn't, yeah, so we, we have to watch our pronouns here. I didn't get the full story, you know. I just got, like, the, the part that was funny. It's so. they. It's they. <laughs> so, so I, in case I apologize I was wondering that. the direction which this podcast was going, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the blind baby yeah. bird burnt crushers. <laughs> <laughs> she burnt her fingers because she was trying to read her waffle iron. <laughs> <laughs> 
wow. That that just went there. Yeah. We are on the highway to hell. Sixteen minutes in and we're already there. That's oh, that's uh I'm sorry. That's, we got a long ways to go. Yeah. Oh god. But continue with the story of uh, Helen Keller. We want the full story. We don't want this, you know, quick two minute story either, because I think okay. it's uh, a lot funnier if it's all the way out. Yeah, well I'm um, pretty much Hunter's parents didn't like him anymore, so they kicked him out of the house when he was 14 and he moved in with me. And my parents took him in with open arms, kind of. I mean, you know, we made him sleep outside with the dogs. Paid for everything that I did. Thank you. Rich. No, I mean, he just got my hand-me-down clothes, even though he's like six inches taller than me. But <laughs> Especially at that time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Midget oh, Tucker yeah. over here. No, I was, yeah, I was, I'm not even 14, but I was still wearing, like, you know, the kids, like, Extra small. You know? No, I think it really sunk in. I don't know how old we were, but in high school one day, we went to the fucking Nike outlet, and I was just sitting there like, you know, hanging out, and Tucker's mom's like, Hunter, do you want anything? And I was like, I guess so. Like, <laughs> and she What's bought me like a hundred dollars. He looked at me and was like, can I? Like, That's like yeah. one of those awkward <laughs> moments because you're like, obviously you want something. Like every yeah. kid in the Nike. He's, he's, he's like a pity to my name. He's sitting yeah. there just freaking eyeballing these Kobe's. Of course you wanted Kobe's. They were on sale. <laughs> we're at the Nike. R.I.P. Kobe. No kidding. <laughs> that was but, a shit, man. I never actually had like had a desire to buy his shoe. Like I love Kobe and everything, but I just wanted a fan like... You know, as y'all know, I'm injury prone, so like low tops didn't yeah. sit Which right is so weird because so many NBA players wear Kobe's that have ankle injuries all the time. They're like, it would you not sense. think that maybe let's go to like a mid or a high top? And then they'll, sit, about, there, they'll like, sit there and put ankle braces on. I'm like, just wear high yeah. tops. Like LeBron, he wears a high top. Have you ever heard of him having an ankle injury? Or any He's injury. also a freak, you know, but he is. I mean, have you ever seen him have an ankle injury? No. Mm-hmm. I mean, he takes care of his body probably more than anybody else, but Hunter's well, has some conspiracy for that too. Like he's like a clone or something. Like a real person. <laughs> uh, we won't get into that, <laughs> dude. But speaking of LeBron's, I was a uh, hundred. You have to remember these god awful ugly shoes that I wore in eighth grade basketball. I remember. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we go into eighth grade basketball season. I think we had Coach Goody. Yeah. Yeah. So. I had like matching blue and white Hirachis. They were cool, you know. And then came Christmas time, like LeBron, I don't remember, maybe LeBron 12s or something at that point, had just come out. And uh, I was like, oh, I've got to have them. I'm going to be LeBron. Like, I'm going to be so good with these. So I get them. And the only color they had at the store when I bought them, like for my Christmas present, was like all black, like mm-hmm. completely blackout. Not one other color on the shoe. I was like, okay, I've got to have these. They're the. I mean, they were also like 20 pound shoes. Like, they were so heavy. <laughs> and I was like, I gotta have them, you know? Yeah, they didn't need no more weight. That no, time. exactly. Like, I'm like, I can't jump and I can't jump even lower now. But yeah, I got them and no match whatsoever. Like, we're literally blue and white and mm-hmm. we're all black. They're clunky as hell. I think they were probably like this wide. Like, they were the ugliest <laughs> shoes ever, but I thought it was the coolest thing. Yeah. And then as I got older, I still thought they were cool. So, like, my foot had grown two sizes, and I was still trying to squeeze in. So, I'm like, these things are so cool. I'm squeezing in. But finally, I, I think they got torched or something. Because, yeah. yeah, I don't know what they are. Now. Someone probably did you a favor. Yeah, someone definitely did me a favor. And honestly, his shoes now are pretty cool. But uh, those were the ugliest shoes I think I've ever I seen. I didn't even look at the new ones. I didn't pay attention to it since high school when I was playing, really. Yeah, sure. 
But yeah, we we got sidetracked. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Talking about so, LeBron's. But anyway, uh, so Hunter moves in with me, and you know, after I mean, after a little while, I started feeling kind of bad that he's sleeping outside in the yard with the dogs, you know. And, and so I was like, all right, let's bring him in, you know. So we made him like a little, like little pallet on the floor, you know, and let him stay there for a while. Then finally, next thing you know, he's like a little kid, takes him sneaking in my room, climbs in bed with me, like, what the fuck you doing, dude? You know. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, no, but seriously, he was going to, we were going to the same school, and he lived in, and his parents lived in spring, right? Yeah, so, mm-hmm. you know, it made, it made more sense, honestly. And uh, that's when I feel, realized how blind he was. You know, hey, Hunter, catch. <laughs> right in the face. <laughs> no, then we started. But, playing. like, that same time, we are like, was that because of his horrible athleticism? Yeah, yeah, because, because sometimes blind? it's definitely a combination of the two. But, and then, you know, he could be sitting on the couch like, hey, what are you doing? And he won't answer, and you have to go over there and tap him, and then before he realizes you're talking to him. That scares the fuck out of me. Whoa, what are you doing, man? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, so, but the nickname happened in baseball, because Hunter was playing left field, pretty sure I was playing shortstop, and it was over and over and over again. These balls just kept getting hit to him, they were routine fly balls, and they wouldn't even be in the same county when the ball hit the ground. I'm like, what are you doing? And then finally he got his eyes checked out. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> but then he didn't like to wear his contacts. So... After three or four misses again, the coach yells, did you put your contacts in? And he couldn't hear it. So finally, I yelled at him like three or four more times, Hunter, did you put your contacts in? He's like, fucking Helen Keller, did you put your contacts in? What? <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't. It, it didn't help a whole lot. But so, yeah, that's how that happened. That just kind of stuck. Every The whole field died laughing. Next thing you know, the, the teachers are calling him Helen. His mom calls him Helen. Side my school papers, Helen Keller. Yeah, even the yearbook, it was what Hunter Stroll, who was that? Yeah. Was, you know, it was just Helen Kelly. Helen Kelly. I mean, the fact that you were signing your, like, your final report for your high school career, like, because y'all had the huge paper, right, or something like that? Yeah. And yeah. you signed it. No, it Kelly. was like, it was like nothing. Like, they expected me to sign it that way. Like They probably honestly were like, no, if they saw Hunter, who's Hunter, Hunter Stroll? Like, yeah. that's not a kid in my class. You know, they'd probably be like, I don't that know That was probably with my name on the school roster <laughs> by, the, by my senior year. <laughs> No, like it, they didn't even think it was a joke. Like I legit just signed my paper, Helen Keller, and no one said a thing about it. Yeah. No, I, I think to put in perspective the right field thing too makes it a little bit funnier. Um, is the fact, <laughs> that's not even a word. Um, is the fact that like Alpha Omega, they used to be really good at bat baseball. Actually, you know, no, like. They weren't good. for the level like of the school. They used to win caps one a. Yeah, yeah, they won caps one a. No, this isn't even to make. <laughs> if they had someone that could throw a fucking strike, they could win state. Yeah, this is two teams. Even, this isn't even to make fun <laughs> of that. It's the fact that like the level of baseball there obviously wasn't that good. So the fact that we have Hunter Stroll and or Helen in right field starting starting right field <laughs> just makes it so much more funny. He it's not like a beautiful bouquet of daisies out there. Because <laughs> it's not like it's one of those high-level baseball teams where right field is like a position that they had to have. Like, right. You're a badass right fielder, you're right field, and you hit bombs. Yeah. Like, no, they put him out there because that was just like the only... <laughs> like, we need somebody out there. Put a body out there. Hey, freshman year. Hopefully no one hits it over there. Yeah. Freshman year, we had a Russian that never played baseball before, barely speak English, start in second base. Yeah. Did that, was that good or? Oh, no. Was that Dima? Oh, we lost just about every game. Was that Dima? Yeah. Yeah. I love Dima. Yeah. Oh, Dima. No, I'm kidding. Dima could speak good English at that point. Okay. I know he's cool. I know know he knows English now. Yeah. I know that. Yeah, no, he. (laughs) No, Dima's super smart. He's married now, dude. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. She she played soccer at Sam. Really? I forgot her name. I didn't know that. I know her, but I. 
I have no idea. So basically what Barrett was getting at is like, it's funny that Hunter sucks about baseball that he can play right field for Alpha Omega Academy. Is that what you're basically saying? <laughs> yeah, basically. That's what makes it funny here. I was really only playing baseball just because Tucker was. I mean... Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, he needed a ride. He, it was out. He, he couldn't go anywhere. He, he just had to go to practice. With it was either play baseball or just sit there and wait for a ride home. So I mean, if we're talking about nicknames, let, let's uh, let's break into Rooster. Oh Jesus! Yeah, well, I kind of gave myself that on accident. It was no, something to do with baseball, though. It was something. in baseball, and I said, "Y'all would know." But there's no. It was. It kind of started when I moved to Huntsville High School, and I was telling y'all the story about what happened at prom the year before. Oh yeah, because because he like, went to prom with his cousin. Okay, hold on. Let's, let's <laughs> just take a step back. Here. Okay, okay. Look, he's from Country Sheet. Some, some real redneck my, shit going on. Look, my cousin was a very good friend of mine, and she wanted friend. to go to prom with yeah. Dylan. Dylan wasn't going to go without me because he didn't know anyone, so we went together. So te- technically, I accompanied Dylan and my cousin to prom, but for a shorthand, I said, this one time, I went to prom with my cousin. And then I was like, I should not have said that. And then everyone's <laughs> like, you redneck motherfucker from Cut and Shoot. And so then I was like, fuck it. I'm Rooster, and I went to prom with my cousin. I just embraced it. And then that just stuck in yeah. baseball. Yeah, I mean, we had, um, Huntsville wasn't much better than Alpha in baseball, I don't think, either. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we had a great group of guys, and I think uh, it really took off. Like, it wasn't like a one-time thing where it was like, oh, Rooster, and then, like, the next week you forget about it. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, like, the rest of the season it was there. Um, specifically, I think, like, Robert, uh, I think Damon, they, they were, like, the ones to really hold on to it. I think that was, like, stuck. Yeah, that was, that was a good year. Good times. Good times. Mm-hmm. But I think with Tucker, you know, obviously everyone has their own story. Um, kind of who they are. I think one of the things that I think people are really going to enjoy, you know, hearing from Tucker a lot um, is the hunting aspect of like what our podcast is going to be about because you've been to God knows how many places to hunt, how many actual, you know, animals you've harvested, including several that we have in our studio right now. Uh, so we're not going to get into all the stories, but I do want to hear Maybe like what's what was your most favorite hunting story you have, and then also maybe your worst experience hunting, whether it was you know in the area or you were somewhere and things just didn't go your way. Mm, favorite story. Let's see. Hmm. I'm trying to think. Oh, okay. What can I say here? And again, any, any harvest. It could have been your first buck, even though it's not your best one. It could be. Um, some of the animals you have in the house, whatever one that really was just. Hold on, like, I'm trying to think of a fucking legal story I can tell. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like one, of, whichever one was just like, holy crap! I just got that. Yeah. Like, wasn't like you were expecting to get it. Maybe it was just like really like you're such an avid hunter. It even shocked you that like it was oh, yeah. that special of a moment. Yeah. Mm. Well, when I was three. <laughs> <laughs> There was this big, fat fucking squirrel. <laughs> and like, he was like, I mean, just sitting there, fucking belly hanging out, fucking big old sack of nuts, just chilling out there on the limb. You know, he's sitting there just gnawing on a fucking acorn, just, I mean, just laughing, just taunting me, you know. But like Hunter, I was blind and didn't know it. And so. Now, when your daddy was like, you're not blind. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Come on, my sperm's, get too, my sperm's way too goddamn good to make a blind kid. <laughs> <laughs> So I had this fucking cricket gun, a cricket, this little twenty-two single shot. 
I'm sitting there, barely fucking pry that thing back to cock it, and get it to my fucking open sight. Can't even see. I'm just fucking just aiming like a like you're shooting a fucking airsoft gun. And I fucking smoked this squirrel. Just hit him right in the fucking throat. And he just falls over. And I walk over there, like so fucking proud of this squirrel. I walk in, show my dad. It was just like that. That's when I realized like, my dad's like, okay, well, he can do this. Like, yeah. he's, he's my boy. Like, like yeah, he, that was the first time he said, I love you, son. <laughs> and after that, you know, it was because, you know, I was kind of the kid that needed to wear a helmet all the time. And I kind of ran into shit because I couldn't see. And so, like, he was like, damn. I think I just had, I think I had a retard. Like, I, you know, I mean, I think he thought about, like, dropping me off at a fire station a couple times. But, um. Yeah, hey, guys, I, you will after, be his dad. After I shot that squirrel. But after I shot that yeah. squirrel, this one, he's like, all right, but there's hope yet. Maybe I can fix you, you know. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, my elevator still doesn't go to the top floor, but, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm getting there. I'm growing. <laughs> I feel that uh, obviously being best friends with you now, I've realized a lot of the weird shit you do. Um, you have one ant. Obviously, just weird to you. <laughs> you have you have tons of animals in your house. You even also have some at your parents' house. If you had to pick one that you know, there's a fire in your house. There's only one of the animals that are you know oh, on the wall. Don't do that to me. You have to. You have to pick one that you're like I cannot oh, go without. I mean, the bear is going to take like 30 minutes to roll up, so that one's probably mm. going to get burned. Yeah, no, I'm telling you, you have one that you can pick. Obviously, your dogs get out, Cassidy gets out, but there's only one thing on the wall that you can take. Which, take what are you out. taking? But you got to remember, that's, that's going to be hard to get down. Yeah, that, that doesn't on, fit out of the wall. wall. You have to go out the garage. Hold on. Time Just out. Get, Time Cassidy out. He said everyone's out. Can I trade one of the dogs for another deer? Well, obviously, that means Ooh. you're trading Josie. You're not going to get rid of moose. Yeah, Tell true. people that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd probably grab that, my big white tail. The one right here on the wall right there? Yeah. I mean, sometimes I, like if I can't sleep, I walk up there in the middle of the night and just stare at it. I do remember when you first got it. You were so proud. Tucker tells me a story. He's We were like texting. Uh, you might even have called me. But for one, Cassidy was already Snapchatting me like, Tucker's just staying at this deer. Like, and he did it for a while. I slept with it. <laughs> but then he tells me... Yeah, I took it to work with me. I did. I did take it. Like just put in a seatbelt, like takes it with the I strapped it in the front seat. And like that just shows you like I think that's a cool thing because it's like you've killed so much stuff and harvested, you know, things that everybody in here wishes they could have. But the fact that like you were still like so like holy crap, I got that and it's on the wall. And also you used to not actually shoulder mount, so that's a game changer. So going back to now you have to go to your worst story, one that, uh, whether, and actually you used to be a, your guide too. So whether it actually is your own personal story or maybe you were guiding someone, a story that was just like, can't believe it happened or like just went horrible. Okay. Yeah. I got I got two. Okay, I got, go two. For it. I got one that's happened to me. The floor is all yours. One that happened to me that was a fucking, like, you know, just, it was like, just nut crushing. You know, like, I mean, like, it just makes you want to cry. Was, it was the longest shot I ever made in my life. We're in Wyoming. First day of elk season. We actually, we hunted mule deer season. And this is when my little brother just fucked me in the ass over and over and over again on this hunt because he's just a lucky little fucker. Always got the better deer. First day, show up. 
big mule deer, 500 yards away, chip shot, no big deal. Hagen's got it. You know, I think Hagen's like 10 or 11. And um, he shoots, and you can, like, we have it on video on the spotter. You can see impact just like right behind the shoulder, just slightly high. Like, you know, maybe if it was three inches higher, they broke the backbone, but it's kind of like in that no man's land, and it somehow didn't open up. And that deer just kind of walks up the mountain. And just like, you can see, I mean, you can see blood trickling down. And then, uh, like, tops a hill, and we're like, okay, it's kind of be laid down. Gonna die soon. Me and the guy take off going up there, and the sun's coming up right in our face, and we see a deer right where this deer should have been. Look, this like the same sucker. I'm like, that's him. Story, that's him. And he's like, the guy's like, yep. I'm like, should I shoot him? He goes, yeah, finish him off. I'm like, fuck yeah. I can shoot two deer this trip. Fucking right. Like, fuck you, Hagen. Yeah. Shoot the fucking deer. It's the wrong deer. It was still a good deer. It's that deer, actually. Um, yeah, well, I, mean, right. but, I mean, I would have taken it. Yeah, too, so. no, that was 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was like, yeah, well, that was a good fuck up at least, you know. And then we don't find another good deer worth of shit all fucking week. And then like, elk season is like the last, the second to last day. And it's like, and uh, we pull up, it's like, we're 1365 from this big fucking clearing. And we're like, and this, uh, this, this big bull comes out. I'm like, oh my God, heck yeah. And my dad's on the spotter. He's like, he's like, let's do it. So I shoot, and I can see like miss, miss to the like to the. Uh, what are you shooting? The three three Lapua okay. surgeon. <clears throat> Thank you, surgeon. Um, <laughs> like I probably missed like a mill left, and he's like, okay, do you see where you hit? I'm like, yeah. He's like, hold it. I'm like, he's like, hold it on his ass. Like, okay, boom. You can just see, see impact. He like, pumps up. Like, put another one in him. I hit him three times. Like, and then like the last one, he like. Starts swaying like he's about to fall, and then just kind of walks away down the hill, and the rest of the herd runs off. And the guy's like, "He's dead." I saw a good impact. We're gonna go find him tomorrow. I'm like, fuck yeah. He's like, "Cause it's gonna take us like probably half a day to get there from here. We need yeah. to go around to this other entrance." <clears throat> so we're going up there. I'm like, I'm all pumped up. Like, fuck yeah. And the other guy's like, "It's gonna be." He says, "Probably a 365 inch bull." Free range is like, I mean, that's. That's a big free range, you know, just public land. Yeah, we see well, it in the living room. No, that's not it. No, that's not the same. No, one. no, that's a different one. That one oh, that, that one was only like a thousand yards. Yeah, my bad. Only a thousand. Yeah, oh, only a thousand. But yeah, so we're going up there, and we get like halfway. To, I forgot this is a bad story. So. Yeah, we get, yeah, yeah, obviously it can't be that one. We get like yeah. halfway to like where we're going to find the oak, and Hagen's like, "There's a deer up there." My dad's like. Holy shit, there is a deer. And the guy's like, that's a big fucking deer shooting right now. And because Hagen's the only one that had a tag left. Hagen hops off the horse, um, gets on a tree, and shoots it and drops it. When he shoots, we didn't tie the horses up. They take off down the mountain. <laughs> All, like, we had like 10 horses. We got like pack horses, our personal horses. Like, they just, I mean, whew, they're gone. And this deer comes tumbling down the mountain. And I'm like, and then my dad's like, fuck. And the guy's like, we gotta go get these horses. And they're just, I mean, we only have one gun. We had like three or four guns with us, and they're on the horses still. Yeah. You know, so they're like, they're running off like 10 grand. Yeah, I mean, like, over 10 grand just running. Yeah. <laughs> and you can like see them go up one and then down one, like, wait a little bit, and they come up another mountain. I'm like, oh, they're like a mile and a half away. Oh, shit. And so they just start walking. My dad's like, go skin that deer and whack his head off, um, you know, bag it up and everything. You and Hagen go, we're going to try to get the horses. So me and Hagen take off. There's a big, it's like a big. Creek, and like there's beaver dams everywhere, so we're like walking on the beaver dams. Hagen falls in, dipshit, and he gets soaking wet. Like it's like 35 degrees up to his, like up to his chest. And then as soon as like my dad gets back to the horses, 
you can just see this like cloud rolling in. It's like it drops like 10 degrees like in a second. So we're like the guy's like, dude, we're not, with your brother just falling in the water, we're not gonna be able to go back there. We might get like we might get snowed in for real, like get caught in a blizzard, we could like die. So we had to turn around and the guy never went and found my elk. And so y'all didn't harvest anything there, or did you got at least Hagen's? No, we got Hagen's deer out. That was it. Yeah, we didn't go find the elk that I shot that we watched impact on three times. Damn, what about the deer that you shot on? Okay, that's that deer. So uh, yeah, no, that's so good. So you ended up harvesting two deer. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, but, but the biggest, animal. that was been my first elk ever. And then, mm-hmm. Yeah, but then that was, that was probably my most heartbreaking. Like, I wanted to cry. Like, <laughs> How old were you then? Like 19. Oh, okay. So it's, well, I know you're 25 year old, but still somewhat recent. I think I was. Yeah, yeah, I think I was. Yeah, I was, I was, um, I was like, I think that was freshman year of college, actually. No, I might have been 20 year old. Um, and then the guiding, I had a, oh, I've had a bunch of nightmares, <laughs> but one, one that's like, you want to just like kind of just strangle someone was, um, this guy showed up and it's always an auction. My dad donates hunts. It's always an auction. Hunts. So is that your ranch? Yeah. It's always the, like, it was like people that usually come pay, like they, they know what they're doing. I mean, they've done it before, but it's the ones that like, they buy it at auction and there's like for charity. Yeah. Like, oh. Speaking of which, I think the is he still donating to Alpha? No, uh, I forgot he cut. Okay, never mind. So I was just yeah. saying that's coming up. So I thought maybe he was gonna you're gonna have one soon. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Another story to tell everybody. But no, keep going. No, so this guy shows up, pulls a gun out of his case, and it's like, hey, you can use your gun if you want. You can use my gun if you want. I got this. You know, whatever I have at the time, and you know, showing like Lucas got. Asco plant, a suppressor, you know, it's got like all the bells and whistles, like, you know, it's accurate. Please, I know it's on, please use it. And it was like, oh, no, no, I just, I, I just got, I just bought this gun, or actually, you know, one of the huts came with the gun. And he's like, <laughs> like it was like just this cheap ass, I mean, you know, cheap, cheap gun, a little Tasco scope and shit, yeah. you know. And he was like, Mike, have you shot it? Is it on? He goes, well, it's bore sided. Like, oh, fuck, here we go. It's bore sided. Okay, great. It's yeah, if anyone doesn't know, I mean, hunting out at a Tucker's ranch, it's not an easy task because it's been hunted a lot. So yeah, we don't. You got to you got to know what you're doing to be able to harvest something out there. Anyways, we get we get the gun sized in, kind of. I guess he brings like fucking five bullets or something. Whatever. <laughs> like it was like I mean it was just pure luck. We like I find this big access book. Just sitting in the woods, about 50 yards in the woods, and you can see his throat patch, his white throat patch, just sitting there looking at you. And just, I'm like, and it's an easy shot. I'm just like, dude, do you see that deer right there? He's like, yeah, that's a good one. Shooting right in the throat. He's like, okay. I'm like, looking with my binoculars, waiting to hear, boom. Wait, like 20, 30 seconds. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? I look over, and he's just sitting there looking at the deer. Doesn't even have his gun up. I said, dude, are you going to shoot? He goes, oh, you mean now? <laughs> I said, well, when, yeah. the, when the fuck else are we gonna shoot dipshit? He's like, oh, okay, well, uh, my bullets are in the back. Doesn't even have a gun loaded. No. I'm like, what the fuck do you think? And he's like, one second. It, somehow, by the grace of God, he gets out, climbs in the back of the truck, gets the bullets, loads his gun, and then I have an angle where he can shoot right out the window, and he goes, yeah, I don't feel comfortable like this. I'm like, it's 50 yards <laughs> to shoot the fucking deer. Uh, and he's like, I'm gonna have to get out. So if you get out again, that deer's, that deer's gonna be gone. He's like, I gotta try. I'm like, <laughs> okay, whatever. So opens the door, the fucker bolts, 
and we hunt, and we hunt, and we hunt, and this fucker can, I mean, he ends up shooting the wrong deer, like there's a big buck and a little buck, shot the little buck, mm-hmm. and then my dad, being a generous guy, is like, just let him, let him shoot a better one, you know, we'll just donate the meat, and there's like a miss, and there's a wounded deer, <laughs> and I'm like, we well, are not even making money off of this shit, what the fuck is going on? And you know you're probably not getting a good tip. Oh, no. I mean, th- this goes on for, like... He came out, like, two or three times. Yeah. Oh. I made 50 bucks. Like, he owes you a lot. I made 50 bucks. And I think that sums up a little bit about what you deal with every time you go guide. Because, I I mean... We That's talk, the shit you got to think. We talk is all out the there. T- yeah, we talk all the time. And I think every time you're like, hey, I got to... We're trying to go do something else. He's like, actually, I'm guiding a hunt. And he's like, it's going to be quick, though. I just saw deer everywhere. Like, we can still do there. this because... I'm going to get this done quick, you know? And then literally it's like three days later, getting the dogs out to find a, find a deer, you know, whatever it is. This Your guiding experience, it's not because obviously you're a bad guy. It's just the fact that no, there's, there's, some of the people that come out there don't no, are not properly equipped or the skill to, to do it. And it's just kind of funny because your story never goes exactly the way you wanted it. Oh, yeah, you no. really have it in your head that this is going to be so easy. So easy. And then it, it never is. It's all Mother Nature, though. Mother Nature absolutely hates us. That's true. <laughs> Without fail, every time, so Mother Nature will It could be because you've done some things you shouldn't have done in the past. It's, I mean, so yeah, it's, it's, it, if karma's real. If karma's real, yeah. that's probably some payback. Yeah. No, but possibly so. Without fail, Mother Nature will fuck you every time. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, yeah, but then sometimes I say, hey, look, you need to be prepared to shoot 300 yards, so... You know, bring if you want to shoot your own gun, make sure you're you're good with that. And then the fucker shows up with a goddamn uh, lever action open sight thirty out six, and I'm like, you're gonna shoot a deer with an open sight three hundred yards. <laughs> like, okay, we're gonna have to reevaluate well, this situation. That doe, that doe I shot in the nard with that thirty thirty open sight, I could barely even see it. And I mean, luck of God, I hit the thing, but looking through the iron sights, you can't see it. Like, yeah. You know? No, for sure. I mean, and at 300 yards. No. Shit, if you're looking no. at an animal a thousand yards away, even with an 18 power scope, I mean, it's, it's still tiny. I can't you know? see an animal a hundred yards. So, like, <laughs> I mean, if you don't have any type of proper equipment, it's going to be right. tough. But I think that's kind of a reason why, like, tell them, like, the conditions that you're probably going to be in. Because I think a lot of times people think, like, oh, it's going to be like a stand hunt where it's going to be right in front of me. Like, or they think, they think, you see like high we're fence. hunting axes. Well, see, yeah, that's, an axis, like, high that's fence, the thing with yeah. high fence is they think it's going to be literally like shooting fish in a barrel. Right, yeah. And it no ain't nothing like that. No. And you're not even a huge I mean, high fence with yeah. five or 600 acres. At some, places, still so hard. at some places, it is like shooting fish in a barrel, yeah. you know? But, well, I mean, Marco's Ranch, and we'll get to that probably later, but the I mean, big, when they first started, like, you could literally walk out the back door and be like, Boom. Oh, yeah. Basically, whatever you wanted. People don't give enough credit to some of the animals, so they are smart. Like, yeah, these are some of the smartest animals I've ever yeah, seen. They're, over they're time, they're going to learn. Mm-hmm. Like that may yeah. work. You may shoot a deer out the back, off the back. Porch. Yeah, but it's evolved. Obviously, yeah. they learn. They're like, yeah, okay, I'm not going to walk behind the back porch anymore. Like, yeah. Well, now they know. Like they we used to, we drive around safari style hunt. They hear, but now. They hear a truck, a buggy, a four-wheeler, anything. They hit the woods, and they hit that thicket, and they are fucking... Gone. They're hunkering yeah. down, and you are not going to see them until till they're not going to come out for us today. 
And that's right. the truth, because, I mean, they, look at Marker now. They bought a freaking random F-150 that's, like, quite his thing, because they had to switch it up, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and two uh, years ago, his access were super dumb. Yeah. I mean, they just they'd sit there, you drive by them. Now, after two seasons of getting pounded, they're like, fuck you, dick. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. gone. I hear that fucking bogey. Like, that, that means fucking death. That means we're getting <laughs> shot at. That's what I'm saying. At your place, we need to hunt with the tractor. Yeah. They, they, love it. they just come hobbling out. Hell, they, they, they hear the tractor. They come running. They're like, oh, shit. They exactly. Better, they, they cut that grass. Yeah. some fresh shit. They hear that thing, and they're like bolting towards you. Yeah, it's I mean, great. It, you'll see the biggest action you've ever seen if you don't have a gun in the truck. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, yeah. For it's sure. weird how that works. But, yeah, Every how time. they know? Every it's like they time. know that you do not have a rifle in the truck to mm-hmm. shoot. Like, they know that you have it in your truck, like, probably back at the fence. You know, the gate. The gate. And if you go back and get it, oh, it's, you know, Game it's gone. gone. It's, and they're not coming out. Oh, yeah. No, that's, it's like, it's, it's like they know, too. Like, you're sitting, I'd be like, okay, we want, uh, I mean, I've seen this happen, like, firsthand multiple times. Like, people are like, hey, let's, uh, I really want to access, but if it comes down to it, I'll, t- I'll, I'll want to fallow, because, like, okay, that's, that's easy, because we know, like, the fallow deer are dumb as shit. They can just fucking, so, like, all right, we'll hunt all morning. And maybe in the afternoon for an axe, if we don't get one, we'll go after a fallow. So we do that. Don't see shit. Fallow deer just everywhere. Just like, I mean, coming up almost like, you know, taking a piss on you. And then they're like, okay, haven't got access. Let's go for it. Let's, let's try for a fallow now. And it's like, they're like, oh shit, they're, not just, they're hunting us now. Like, mm. hi. And the fucking deer gone. Can't yeah. find a fallow. And then axes start walking out. Oh, okay, we're good. We're in the clear. Yeah. Yeah. Every time. Every fucking time. But you, know, you have those people, then they, you know, people that can't shoot at all. And then also, I've had. So, uh, this dude brings his 10 year old daughter out and she, I mean, just, she, she could shoot so fucking good. Like, black buck running 250 yards away. Like, it stops for like half a second broadside. She just fucking smokes it and piles it up dead. And then, like, oh, you know, a grown ass man, black buck's sitting there 50 yards and he, like, shoots, like, I mean, I think he, like, uh, shot a mile over it. <laughs> you saw, or you see the, or one time this dude shot, like, he got his gun up out of the freaking ranger and, I told him my trigger was light, but he didn't Pulls listen to me. Before he even gets oh, he almost, shot the, he almost shot the hood of the Ranger. <laughs> yeah. the, that was a big old freaking bullet hole, right? Like maybe five feet and in front I, of the I Ranger. I do have the lightest triggers I've ever yeah. seen. Though. But it comes to yeah. use when you're trying to do hunts like this mm-hmm. where, like, you don't want your equipment to fail you. Correct. You know? But if you're used to it, it's yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. But the first but time I, you shoot one yeah, fucker's gun, you're like, I think it's, it's the matter yeah. of, like... Some grown men have scoped themselves. They didn't get on their shoulder yet and pull the trigger. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's a matter of, like, that's kind of what we want to help people with, you know, a little bit, is, like, learning their equipment. But I think the biggest thing out there is the fact of, like, people that do hunts, like, random hunts, like, they're not always hunting. They just don't shoot enough. Like, no, they yeah. don't get behind their gun and really know what their gun is like, yeah. and so every time they pick their gun up, they don't really remember what their trigger is like, mm-hmm. or they don't remember exactly their position. They don't have their gun set correctly, um, and all that stuff. And so it, it bothers not, me when I ask someone. Not prepared. What, yeah. what, what what bullet are you shooting? Or what bullet? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm like, how the fuck do you not know what bullet you're shooting? Like, I think I know my BC like. Memorized on the bullets that I shoot on my thirty weight. Like yeah. you just know all the details. It's gonna details. be like it's. Uh, I think it's a federal premium. I'm like okay, federal what, makes a bajillion bullets. Yeah, what, what, yeah. what are you talking about? Like, I mean, that's, I mean, like there's a yeah, there is. There's, they make solid copper bullets. They make or or, or federal premium loads warranty bullets. Is yeah. it, what is it? SST is it GMX? Is it a freaking? Is it ELD? When we're, like you know, what are we working with? I don't, I don't know. I, I think I might have the box in my, in my truck. I'm like. Oh god. Okay. But I mean that, and people don't think that's a big deal. 
Uh, and it's not, I don't think it's as big a deal when you're, if you're in a stand and you have your, you know, uh, feeder hundred yards ish away. Like, I don't think it's the biggest deal, but when you're trying to go shoot something at the ranch, um, or it's more like safari style hunting, you need to know all that stuff because every bullet is different. Every bullet is better than others. You know, I mean, there's so many people that just go and they go, Oh, I, I want this bullet. I want this box of bullets right here. I'm going to shoot this. Like now, like you, if you're going to shoot factory ammo, you need to be shooting, uh, if you're, if you're shooting uh, factory ammo, you need to go try five or six different boxes, see which one groups the best, and go yeah. from there, and then try to find also what kind of bullet you want to shoot. Not just yeah. like, don't just take one and go, okay. And because you hit a paper plate at 100 yards does not make it okay. Yeah, I think it goes even farther than that because if you have a good gun, like I have a very nice 308, obviously you all have a ton of good guns. And I remember we go out to your ranch to sight it in. Uh, it was the fact that there was like three or four, bull- three or four rounds that were honestly exceptional. So then it's like, okay, you have three or four to choose from. Now it's like, now you have to test it at different yardages to really what's making the biggest impact. And then also knowing what's going to spread the most depending on what you're shooting. So there was definitely a lot of insight to, yeah, we found, I mean, if you have a good gun, a lot of them are going to shoot pretty solid. So then it's like, okay, you got to go step even step farther. Yeah. It's like your dad. I mean, he's into trying to make sure that, you know, yes, there's other bullets that he uses that he could use for his 338 Lapua that probably would shoot better. Um, at a longer range, possibly, yeah, just, just to hit the target. Right. But like, yeah, he likes shooting targets sometimes. But his goal is to take that three thirty eight Lapua and do what she did and go elk hunting. So he needs something that's going to shoot that far, but also make the impact that he needs to right. drop that. Elk. Like recently, yeah. even we went like the the six five Creedmoor that uh, we have. We're shooting the ELE match bullets, and I heard people kind of talking shit about them, and I was like, and we only shot a few things with it, and it, it was it worked out good, but. Um, I was like, man, I don't, I'm not sure why people are hating on this so much. Like they're saying, like, it's not killing shit. I'm like, you're shooting a 140 grain bullet, like, at a 6.5, like, I would kill just about anything it fucking hits, you know? Well, this last one went on uh, up North Texas. I, we found out real quick that they weren't full of shit. And it don't make any sense how a bullet can go into an animal and leave an exit wound the size of a, you know, a Coke can coming out and that deer, like, be living 10 minutes later. Yeah. You know, right behind the shoulders. But that's what it's doing. And so, just those different bullets like that. Like, obviously, if it's not killing at 100 yards, it's not going to do very good at 1,000. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's the 6.5. There's so many, you know, Creedmoor rounds or so many different 6.5 or 6 millimeter that they're bringing out. They even now are converting to, you know, 300 PRC, all these new rounds. Um, so, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take evolving to happen. 308 has been around absolutely forever. So, you kind of know what you're getting. The old trusty rusty. It's a great thing to trust when you know when you're in an X amount of distance, but I think these six five rounds and these new rounds that are coming out, eventually they will evolve to taking over completely. But at this point, like they're just not quite there because I mean you're going to sacrifice things when you're changing stuff. You know, you get the mm-hmm. better flight, you're possibly going to sacrifice you know the actual knocking power that it has. Um, but I think it'll eventually evolve, and you'll eventually see six five all over the shelf and. Do it possibly not not be um, as much you know, as you see right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think those are ever going to go away because I think the military still uses those the three way. Yeah, around. I mean, the, like what you can always find like is two twenty three three way three on one mag stuff like that. Like that's just real, that's real popular, real high demand. Everyone has like most people are going to have that gun. You know, that's or even like a two forty three uh, stuff like that. Where like you know the six five crew where they did. Or the six five. I mean, in 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 Grendel, 
they got real popular real quick, and I think they'll stay popular because they're they are a great round for most people. Because like especially like even kids because they don't they don't kick very hard, but they you know they have enough power. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's one of those things where if you're going to be shooting a small gun like that, you need to test rounds on animals and figure out which ones work best because sometimes you might be wounding a lot of animals because your bullet's not performing very well. Like shooting yeah. with a full metal jacket, you're poking with just a little BB hole through them. Like unless you hit the heart or the lung like perfectly, and so speaking of that question, you said you really need to basically test it. Yeah. You can't test it. I mean, you can see like how hard I guess it's hitting the plate to understand maybe some of the impacts possibly. Yeah, but really not even that good. You just want to see that. But how for somebody you know like yourself, you can go out and hunt something every day if you wanted to. Some people might not be able to. What would be your advice to actually getting them to really see what uh, what's happening? Well, I mean, if you're in Texas, uh, you know, we got hogs everywhere. I mean, if you if you look around, it don't take very long to find someone that's like, yeah, you want to come shoot some hogs? I got a bunch of hogs. Come on. You know, yeah. and then, like, that's, and then you go out there and, and shoot a couple of different rounds and see what they, how they affect and, like, cut, the, and cut that sucker open and, you know, see what the, what the inside looks like. Don't uh, don't just assume that this bullet's going to kill because, you know, it's like that's really naive if you think that I mean yes if you hit it perfect no matter what any bullet will do its job but you want something that's going to give you like forgiveness forgiveness. yeah like something about golf you want a forgiving iron that's precise same thing you want a bullet that's precise but also somewhat forgiving you're you're not going to make a perfect shot every time I mean if you're lying to yourself you think you are so when you do when you you do miss miss shoot like if you hit them a little low a little high a little far back you know or Maybe you have to take a. Maybe you took a shot that you really shouldn't have took, but you were all amped up because you had buck fever, and like you don't, you know, if you're shooting the right bullet, like a real deadly bullet, the sucker's part. I mean, he's gonna go down. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I mean, we've 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 seen people. I've seen people with the right bullet shoot them in the guts, just like just that's a horrible shot. But there is, but it did so much damage that that deer was like, oh, wow. there's no vitals hit, but I gotta lay down. Yeah. And you find it versus you shoot a full metal jacket or like a Barnes triple shot that. It didn't hit any bone. It don't open up, and that bullet looks the exact same when it came out that ammo as it did when it came out the barrel. Yeah. And what mm-hmm. what was what was that um, lady shooting that one hunt where that axe is a what was it ten to twelve rounds? Oh yeah, that was actually that was with the. Um, what was that? I can't remember. No, that was yeah, that was with the, my AR uh, fifteen. So I was shooting a fifty five grain V max. But the problem was that's the best for that. No, it's not. It's not the best for that. I think uh, I think part of the problem was I was shooting a real short barreled gun, and so mm-hmm. the velocity wasn't there, and also she wasn't hitting it like. I mean, when when it went down, we found it. Yeah, she shot it right behind the shoulder. But I think she was hitting it like because that was a huge old deer. I mean, this that deer was he was a huge axis buck. He was he was over two hundred fifty pounds. So yeah. like that little fifty five grain bullet. No, nothing. Is not no. I mean, if she shot at the shoulders, it has barely reaching the vitals. Yeah. So I mean, I think you know, finishing up on the bullet talk, it would be the fact that all these companies have marketing departments. They market the crap out of their you know shit because that's that's how they make money. So it's like that's why you really have to test because Hornady. I mean, I think they make amazing bullets, but you might get a box it's like perfect ideal for a whitetail or it might even say ideal for elk or whatever it is yeah but they even say, they even say the whitetail hunter like yeah I have, one, I have a, I have a for that box that says whitetail like, it says whitetail hunter and so you see that and you're not that experienced you might be like oh these must be the best bullets for my gun right. every gun's different you know it all reacts differently the bullets might actually suck 
So definitely, I think uh, test them out is, is definitely your best right. best option. Because I think you'll actually see that if you've been a person that maybe you've missed, uh, you haven't harvested one, you did shoot it, but then you never found it, that right there could be the problem. Yeah, it could definitely. be that, that what you're using is horrible, and it's not even that you have to spend more money. It just might be completely switching the bullet. And then it's a game changer, and boom, yeah. now you're dropping animals in their tracks, and you're not like crap. I lost another deer this year. That's a good point about on the box. I don't. You can't just like take what the box says for it to be true. It's kind of like trusting everything you see on the internet to be true. Like yeah. those are like we shoot some rounds that say they're V they're V maxes, they're varmint rounds. Yeah. But okay, so if I'm shooting uh, the six eight uh, R six point eight, I'm shooting 115 grain V max. Like if I'm shooting a white tail deer, that's that's doing some fucking damage. Yeah, like I mean, that's, 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 your your smaller three hundred eight shoots one twenty five. No, so yeah, I'm, I'm not going to get the same. I'm not going to get my. I'm not, not going to get exit wound, but that deer is going to have. It looks like, it looks like a bomb went off in his chest cavity. Yeah. So it doesn't. It's not just for varmints. Like it don't have to shoot only freaking. You know. And another thing on that, I feel like it. It really depends on the gun. Like we, I bought Anna that three hundred eight, and me and Tuck took it out and shot. I don't know nine, ten different loads through. Yeah, and. After the end of the day, the cheapest box of bullets shot the best. That doesn't mean it's going to kill the best, but the Hornadies, it was throwing them everywhere. Yeah. And just the, the cheapest federal premium. Which kind of like makes you mad because you're like, man, I really wanted to use Hornady. Because uh, maybe, like, I have, like, for instance, yeah, no. I have. <laughs> no, I get it. But yeah. for me, for instance, like, when it, say, related to golf, like, I want to have a specific brand just because, like, I like that. Like, that's in my head, kind of OCD about having, like, certain things yeah so it's like yeah i would obviously i would do it like because i need to because it's going to be the best for me but it would be like kind of like man i'm not getting to use the hornady eldx that i thought was going to be great it does kind of give me maybe a little bit of like doubt doubt but uh, but at the end of the day you have to trust what performed well also it can do a lot with your barrel this is i mean a lot of that has to do with the weight weight of the bullet and the spin twist on your barrel because if you have a high if you have a high twist for you know, trying to like spin a like a real a real fast twist, trying to spin a big bullet. Obviously, you're not going to shoot small bullets because it's going to overspin them. But yeah, and then you have a, you know, a light twist. You can't shoot heavy bullets because it's not going to spin it enough. So. And I think that and people that don't really understand that. Like you can't get advantage of the longer distance. Like yeah. at 100 yards, you might not be able to notice that 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 much. Well, I mean, but you stretch it out, and then that's will, the bullet loses stable, loses its stability. So then it's like it's almost it's kind of like throwing a like a bad spiral with a football. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying like the longer distance is when you really see, cause I've had bullets where literally they, oh, yeah, did, the same, they did the same exact groups at a hundred yards. And then you go to the straight to the 400 yard target. And all of a sudden one's staying the size of a palm and one is like, literally the whole entire plate or yeah. one Those top left, one bottom right. And you're like, what the hell? I thought I was going to pick that one, but I can't trust it out to 400 yards now. Yeah. Right. That could be a power load too. I mean, sometimes like those cheap bullets that are cheaply made, they might be, like with them, might be hundred feet per second different per round. Yeah. So therefore, like at hundred yards, no, it doesn't matter. But at four hundred yards, it's you're gonna start noticing, and out out past that, it's gonna start vertical stringing, and you don't want that. Yeah, sure. and I think you know we're closing on you know wrapping things up here. Um, I think we're talking a little bit about long range right here. Um, we actually have a guest that'll be on shortly. Um, it's actually Tucker's dad. He'll give you a little bit more insight into some of the longer range. Um, also, just you know, best equipment, maybe your best bang for your buck. Maybe you don't, you, you know, you don't have the budget of what Trey has, uh, but maybe he can give you insights to some of the things that you might need to make hunts more successful. Um, speaking of guests, 
we are going to be announcing our first guest. Um, he's a great friend of ours. Uh, his name is Marco Pardo. Um, we are thrilled to have him on the show. Uh, he is actually, you know, what we call him a manager or foreman, foreman, foreman. The fo- you know, the head foreman out at Double Drop Ranch. We um, have him on the, on the show um, because he's going to give you a little insight to kind of what five-star ranches look like, what goes into the job. I think it's a lot more difficult than what people think. Um, if one of y'all want to touch on kind of some of the things that we're going to be able to witness out there, you can. I do know that we're going to obviously do a podcast. We're going to give y'all maybe a little you know, small tour of the property and the insane lodging that he has out there. Um, and if you have enough um, in your pocket, definitely highly recommend getting out there. Um, definitely uh, will put a little hurt to your pocket, but um, it's, it's definitely worth it, worth it uh, if you have a little bit of extra cash laying around. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's freaking awesome. I mean, you go out there, they got, you can meet Bigfoot. Um, it's, they got three or four of them running around trying to restart the species. It's, it's great. It's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, I mean, you'll see, you'll see animals that you never even knew about out there. It's probably the coolest experience. Uh, they're even, it's not even just like a, just like a guy. tigers. I think people maybe even think it's just a guy. Yeah, it's just a guy's place to go out there. Like, no, women go out there all the time. Kids go out there all the time. Like, it's just a great all-around experience. Even if uh, you don't even harvest anything, you're bound to have a good time just because the setup they have there is unreal. Even at that, with the same guy we're talking about, Marco, um, if, you know, anybody out there is looking for a good thermal hog hunt, I want to say it's either four, $450 with everything included in it which really ain't a bad deal if you've ever been thermal hog hunting it's a lot of fun yeah i mean and you're not having to actually buy the thermals which exactly. are three plus thousand dollars a piece so exactly. you're it, saving it, obviously it, a lot of money there and you're going to be probably guaranteed to get some hogs yeah it's an experience you'll never forget kind of deal but do y'all have anything else maybe y'all want to talk about double drop or marco before we wrap well, things up here i know helen worked out there for several years mm-hmm. helen what do you got what do you got to say well it's a world-class place I mean, I would recommend anybody. If, I mean, yeah, it's it's something that it's it's not a cheap place to go, but it's the customer service and just the experience that you get makes it worth it. Yeah, I 100% agree. And we don't want to take, you know, we don't want to talk too much about it because we obviously could. Um, <laughs> but we want to leave that to Marco because he's the one that's actually out there every single day uh, running the ranch. You know, he's... I mean, I think he does pretty much every little thing out there he's in charge of. So we're going to get an insight to the hunting aspect of it, but also maybe kind of like the business side of it um, and really, you know, get y'all to understand what it takes. Um, As well as I think the coolest part is going to be maybe a little uh, sneak peek to what it's like out there. So y'all maybe will want to go out there. Um, But other than that, again, this was our first episode of the Four Peas in a Pod podcast presented by the Outdoor Hawks. Again, we're so thrilled to you know start this for y'all. If you haven't already, check us out on social media. It's the it's at the Outdoor Holics on Instagram and Facebook. And then our YouTube channel is the Outdoor Holics. And we have an anchor channel for our podcast. It will also eventually be on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And that's going to be the four peas in a pod podcast presented by the Outdoor Holics. So make sure you check those out, subscribe, and then we will see y'all next time.